Hey, welcome to Wayfair, where if you're going to San Francisco, take some sunblock. Oh yeah, and wear some flowers in your hair too. In the midst of the slurry of sound bites, this podcast is like antimedia. It's filled with gaps and places for you to join in and respond. It's like a space heater for your soul. Toasty. But it's eco-friendly, so you don't have to feel bad about it. It's solar-powered. See what I did there with, with soul? I love homophones. It's only half finished on its own, though. It needs you to be complete. Now, together we'll explore a variety of spiritual practices, old and new, from Lectio Divina to guided prayers and meditations. Each day of the week, we'll focus on a particular attitude or a spiritual posture. Today, we're focusing on liberation, how we can find freedom in letting go. Now, throughout the podcast, you'll encounter a variety of voices and you'll even be invited to participate. There will be places for you to respond in prayers and readings and songs, So join in as you feel led, and don't forget to turn off that space heater, even if it is powered by psychic energy. So, listen to your heart, be attentive to the spark of the divine within you, as we journey together. This is Rebecca Wallace. I'd like to invite you to pray with me. I will pray a sentence ending with, love is near and hope is near, etc. After each sentence, I'll leave a moment for you to respond, and love is here, and hope is here, and so on. So after I pray a sentence that a trait is near, you respond that it is here. Let's pray. Where there is fear, love is near. Where there is despair, hope is near. Where there is struggle, peace is near. Where there is hurt, forgiveness is near. And where there is suffering, God is near. And may God be with you today and every day. Amen.
Today, as we focus on liberation and unlearning death, we're talking with our senior pastor, Mark Johnson. We're listening again to Thomas Merton's book, New Seeds of Contemplation. He writes, What attracts us to evil acts is not the evil in them, but the good that is there, seen under a false aspect and with a distorted perspective. The good seen from that angle is only the bait in the trap. When you reach out to take it, the trap is sprung and you are left with disgust, boredom, and hatred. Sinners are people who hate everything because their world is necessarily full of betrayal, full of illusion, full of deception. And the greatest sinners are the most boring people in the world because they are also the most bored and the ones who find life most tedious. This week we're talking about death, and death in all measures is irreversible, terrible, awful, weird, heart-wrenching, ugly, incredibly sad and depressing. It can be tragic and extremely untimely, but if we're listening carefully enough to the Christian story and the Jesus experience, Death is also essentially necessary. Things must die in order for new life to emerge. We must all die before we can inherit God's gift of resurrection. To be a part of God's realized and eternal kingdom of love, ask of us to die. Merton's insight into evil helps me understand the importance of giving permission to the reality of death. Little deaths, if you will, in order for new life to emerge. Romans 6 says that we are to die with Christ in order to live with Christ. That we let go of those things that tempt us and attract us. And even those things that are good, that we deem as good, that we judge as good, are not ultimately good. And part of Lent is to discipline ourselves away from our appetites. That our appetites are in some ways important and pleasurable, but they cannot be an end in and of themselves that in order to live to this life of Christ, we must die even to our appetites, discipline ourselves away from those things that can become addictions for us or diversions or distractions, and allowing room for the Holy Spirit to come and, and live with greater power. Um that the, the, the treadmill of monotony, of just being about convenience and comfort and pleasure, is really a very boring kind of existence. And that the word evil is the word live backwards. True life is the good life that Christ calls us into 
And the true life that Christ calls us into is experienced in part by letting go of the life that we think we must have in order for God's new life to emerge. Maybe we could think about this theologically. This dying in order to live, resisting the lower life in order for a higher life to be born. In Anselm's proof in the existence of God. So Anselm, many years ago, had an ontological argument for the existence of God that went something like this. God is that being of which no greater can be conceived, since existence is better than non-existence. If God only existed in the imagination, then God would no longer be a being of which no greater can be conceived. Therefore, God exists. And while there's all kinds of philosophical difficulties with, with his argument that have been talked about over the years, I've always been attracted to that idea that God is that being of which no greater can be conceived. That God is far beyond my best thoughts. And with a finite mind, with a limited level of experience, I must be constantly be willing to die to my understanding of God in order for the true God to be revealed to me that I'm inspired to give up a lesser view of God for a better one to emerge. That I'm always reaching for what is difficult for me to imagine, an infinite being of transcendent goodness and unconditional love. And for a lot of folks, spirituality is still caught within the trap of a transaction. And, and it's, it becomes a question of worth, trying to prove myself before God, trying to prove my worthiness before God. And so for some, to let go or deny my pleasure is not really because I want to, it's because I'm trying to prove that God can reward me. In a healthier spirituality, it, it's never trying to prove yourself before God that we start with the gospel, which is, I am deemed worthy by God's love for me, not by my own ability. That Christ died for us when yet we were sinners. That God's love for me was implicit in me, despite my sin. So a healthy spirituality of self-denial is a spirituality that eagerly walks into this grace in a fuller expression. If, if we walk into self-denial because we're loaded with guilt and we're loaded with uh, performance issues and we're trying to earn approval, then, then we're really um, are not allowing all the good things that self-denial can bring into our life to be uh, wilted and stifled because we never can do it perfect enough. We can never do it in a way that satisfies this woundedness um, and this unhealth of self that gets us past 
all that kind of stuff that we carry, whether that's um, a parent that kind of overloaded us with guilt or a, a toxic religious uh, background that told us we're never good enough. Um, all those are antithetical to the gospel. The gospel is good news. The gospel is you are forgiven even before you ask for that forgiveness. The gospel is approval even before you've earned any reason to have approval. The gospel is based in a God who is good prior to uh, my realization of how good God is. And Christ comes and says, this kingdom is here. This kingdom's in your midst. This kingdom is living within you. And you are invited now to live into the joy of what God has already established. If we think of self-denial from a perspective of reward and punishment, we're always going to feel like the bad experience is punishment and we're waiting for something good to emerge. If we think about self-denial from a perspective of grace, we're recognizing that a lot of the things that we think are precious fruit in our hands can really spoil and is really not the ultimate good that we hope for. What true, healthy, spiritual discipline teaches us is a joy in letting those things go because we know ultimately they are not God and are taking the place of the true God that loves us and cares for us. And so each year in Lent, as we go through this process, we are invited back into that same story of spiritual formation, of death and resurrection, of letting go, of letting God, of letting some of the things that attract me and interest me become less interesting and create some space for God to reveal God's true self yet again. You know, we live in a society so dominated by consumerism and convenience and choice. We talk about having it our own way without suffering, without sacrifice, all at an affordable cost, all to be made to our selfish specifications to serve our pleasure and our enjoyment. But that's really living life backwards. And fundamentally, that also can be thought of as evil. It consumes itself. It doesn't progress into a new image of life and humanity. So the spiritual life is enjoying the pleasures of life, but not to allow the pleasures of life to get into the way of the ultimate, the transcendent, the eternal, the God who is a being of which no greater can be thought. Well, today in response to this, let's just sit in the smile of God. You may want to sit with your hands open, palms up as a sign of release and openness. You may want to center yourself on a phrase like, God, you are my freedom, or God, you are my liberty. Or you may just want to center on the image of God's great smile. You are accepted 
and God offers the ultimate to you, God's own self. In receiving that gift, other things may have less space. Other less enlivening things may get pushed out of the way. God may show you those things and offer you the chance to let go and to find a greater freedom. Let yourself accept God's smile and presence with you. Let's pray together.
God, thank you for your presence and your acceptance. Thank you for your smile. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, we're collecting Beatitudes. You know, the sayings of Jesus we find at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the meek. Who would Jesus call blessed today? Write your own Beatitude and call it in. Just leave a message at 859-813-0150. That's 859-813-0150. Or you can find the number in our show notes for the day. Wayfarer is a production of Central Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky. A loving, healthy, and progressive gathering of Christians where everyone is welcome. No exceptions. Find out more about Central at LexCentral.com. This episode was produced by me, Aaron Austin. Thanks to everyone who joined in, and thanks to you for listening. Join us tomorrow for another step along the journey.